0: We welcome in Alan Mitchell to the program. Wouldn't it be nice to be on an island near a stream somewhere, Al, right now?
1: Well, it would. I've <laughs> been there. I've been on boats. I've been on beautiful, beautiful you know land with uh, all-inclusive hotels and Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would, you know, if you could transport me, if I don't have to go to the airport, wait, fly, but you just be there. We got to do that. You know, uh, I know you have a lot of leisure time, Kevin. Maybe (laughs) you could work on that that Star Trek uh, transporter thing. We need that soon.
0: Well, either that or like a private jet, a PJ, we could get the 1440 crew on that. What do you think of that?
1: Well, hey, come on! How many guys do you know with private jets? At least a dozen. Just call them, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm I'm really low on the list. That's the that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> I was going to say, do we have to send uh, Declan and uh, Donovan, the intern, over to your house and shovel you out, or what?
1: Well, you know, I I'll, I will be honest. I I knew it was a lot of snow, but I didn't realize I. I, I was taking my dog out this morning for her morning constitutional, and I could get the door open, but I I, I was preparing to shovel and Jay and Pete, so we just came back inside. So nothing's, nothing's been shoveled yet, but I'll, I'll be out there pretty soon here, uh, and I, I've got to find a way to get the car out of the garage. I'll be the first
0: one. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to get to work here in a couple hours, man, right? You bet. You bet. So what's your concern level with this Oilers team after two losses Friday and Saturday, and they had a chance to pass Vegas for second in the Pacific division.
1: Well, whenever it's three and four and we know there's some flu going through you, you are a little bit, you know, aware that they may not have the, the legs that the other team does, but I, the concern I have and I know everybody's talking about goaltending or whatever, but the owners were just not very good at protecting the puck like at all. They, the, The first goal against, McDavid sends a a pass to Zach Hyman. Hyman sends it quickly to Bouchard. And Bouchard tries to deke his way into the zone. Turnover, pucks on the way back, two-on-one, Kadri scores. The, The owners are... They are really talented and great passers. Those three m- names I mentioned, particularly, but you also have to protect the puck. It's it's Craig McAvish used to say, it's, "It's what you do and minus what you give up." And and they are giving up way too much, way too many opportunities. They're turning over pucks, and that you know I I know that they were probably tired on uh, on Saturday night, mm-hmm. but taking care of the puck is primary. It doesn't matter even you know people are mad about me, David you know pulling the shoot on. Qadri, that's not what happened. Cadre got inside position and physically was able to, to knock McDavid off balance. The key play was not getting the puck deep and that was Bouchard and that is a mistake he can't make and there, there's there's a lot of ways to look at that goal but execution and protecting the puck and being making the safe play sometimes the best play, especially early because they got themselves in a hole and they could never dig themselves out.
0: Alan Mitchell with us on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey show, 727 in Edmonton. Um, Well, Connor McDavid had an off game, yes. Leon Dreisettle had an off game, took the penalty, and then uh, didn't play a couple of shifts, but went out after when there was a power play. What did you make of after the game when Chris Knobloch was asked, had that not happened, uh, were you going to sit Leon for the rest of the period? And his response was, I hadn't decided yet. Your take.
1: Well, I think that's you know, uh, number one, Leon Dreisaitl didn't say it's my mistake. He has to be more mature. Uh, I think Calgary came in as they always do with an idea about how to upset the, the orders. And I mean, when when you and I were young, the Philadelphia Flyers did this to everybody, and even more. Um, try to to uh, intimidate them physically and Leon is a like he's a brute and he pushed back and it was a not a smart penalty, but he admitted it and that the, you know the coach the coach did sit him a little bit I think he got on for a power play, but you can't have that lack of discipline, but it speaks to I think Kevin what we were talking about earlier about protecting the puck making smart passes and and I know that the dump in is is viewed in some places as cowardice. But dumping the puck in instead of turning it over at the blue line is is really a good play. And the Oilers, honestly, they they make so many dangerous decisions at both blue lines. And if they cut that part of their game out, they'll win even more games than they're, they're winning right now.
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with dumping the puck in as long as you have speed through the neutral zone to go and retrieve yeah. the puck. And that's... Yep. That's exactly. Key. Yeah, that's key. Uh, Alan Mitchell with us, and uh, you know what, Alan, I was going wanted to kind of discuss the fact that at the end of the second period, you saw some feistiness, and you you saw Matthias Janmark in the second. We saw the fight, and we, but I saw like the Oilers pissed off at the end of the second, but I didn't see it carry over to the third. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think they they I I, I think that you have to. Um, uh, you have to choose the hill you're going to die on Mm -hmm. and that's a game where where calgary had they had the edge in the the score i don't remember exactly what the score was after the second period uh and the Oilers were you know they'd expended a lot of energy on things other than playing hockey but i also think that that it was their i believe third and fourth four Mm -hmm. nights and and they they were the more tired team and i think that that uh, that was pretty obvious, and they were taking dumb penalties, and the the, the referees were clearly whatever you know, good, bad, and different, angry, whatever you can get at the referees. They really felt that the orders were being, in a lot of ways, the aggressor, and, and the orders were in the penalty box a lot. So th- I think those things, maybe avoiding the penalties and, and uh, maybe trying to salvage the third period to so that they could have some momentum going into Monday's game, might have been factors, but. Um, I didn't feel like they lacked a physical mm-hmm. uh, response to the Flames. I just don't. I think they, they played hard, but not smart.
0: Alan Mitchell with us, uh, Sports 1440. We've talked about Zach Hyman all year, well, more than all year, for all the time that he's been here, Alan. And he is never, ever disappointed, I don't think, uh, any time that he's tugged that Oilers uh, jersey on. And again, uh, I mean, and, uh, he was the by far the Oilers' best player Saturday night
1: he was and he's a unique player in that he's he's relentless for the puck and trying to drive to the net and do the things that help you win i love watching him i'll never get sick of watching him because he's the you know he's got a motor that won't quit he's intense he is absolutely uh, uh, has no fear, and and his style on the ice. You know, he's not the most skilled guy on the ice. No. But if you look at like high danger chances and certainly goals, I mean, he's on his way to fifty. Uh, you know, he is just an electric player. And all the wingers who came into this town with the idea and the dream of playing with Connor McDavid, he's done more with it. And he does. He doesn't take. Uh, you know, his accomplishments. For granted, he had a career year a year ago, and he's already beaten it. I love the guy. You know, for all the times the owners have signed a free agent that didn't work out, Zach Hyman is the payoff. Mm -hmm. He is is paying off and paying off. He's like, he, he just is amazing he truly is i love watching him as a player one of my favorite players in the nhl
0: well you know alan it's close between you and i who are the least technically you know astute and uh, as far i think i'm less on the interweb than you are i would say that by far but i did see a thing from jerry d yesterday about zach hyman i'm not sure if you saw yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, yeah i did and I you thought. know jerry d you i mean you watch him on uh on uh, family feud all the time don't you Oh yeah, the he's can- very he's, he's a very funny guy. <laughs> the he's, Canadian edition,
1: yeah. Well, and and uh, you know his his um, what I like about his humor is that it's unique. He's mm-hmm. not he's not you know stylizing himself again you know compared to anybody else. And it's stuff about students and things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got to he's a funny man.
0: He really. He, is. And quick sidebar on this, Al. I think you're aware of this. Uh, you know, CBC did a, a movie on the '72 Summit Series, and Jerry D was the guy that played Wayne Cashman. In that,
1: yeah, did, but I, I, you know what, I, I do remember that series, but I did not remember that. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, next time if you can oh. find it, that was a great. I, I love that. It was a two-parter, and it was, you know, on the anniversary, I, probably forty, I, the fortieth or something.
1: Can I tell you a quick story yeah, about sure. Wayne Cashmer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I think it was the '72 uh, Bruins who won the Stanley Cup, and uh, they. they they were partying all night, and Wayne Cashman is uh, walking in somewhere in Boston, uh, open liquor, uh, <laughs> a little inebriated, and he gets he gets arrested. He gets arrested by the police, and they take him in, and they they you know, they know who he is, and they say, "We got to take you in." And he made they gave him one phone call, and he called for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's standard. Yeah, um, the, love it, love it. Uh, to circle back that Jerry D post yesterday about Zach Hyman goes like this I'm just got it up here. My brother coached Zach Hyman when he was around 10, 11, 12 years old for a couple of years. It was a stacked team. They had Skinner, Balazie, McFarland, Smith, Pelly, Foley, to name a few. Hyman was not even close to being the best player. Not even close, but my brother said he was always the hardest worker. Every practice, every shift, every game, always. People thought he was the o- he was only on the team Because his dad was involved in hockey. He had to listen to that every year, but it never phased him. He epitomizes what hard work is. Look at him now. Best 10, 11, 12 year old kid is not always the best 25 or 30 year old. Remember that kids work hard. Congrats, Zach. So, you know, it says it all. It says it 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 all. And
1: um, uh, years ago, uh, uh, an aside, and somebody that we know uh, uh, well, um, I talked to Burke Marshall, who was the um, scout for mm-hmm. I believe the Islanders uh, when Jason Strudwick was a junior, and he said that that he argued for him and they drafted him and The reason was he was he, he wasn 't the most talented guy, but every time I watched him, he worked hard and he worked hard every game and i I do think that that um, you know, it's not what you start with, and it's not what happens to you; it's what you do about it. And, and Hyman and Stradwick are examples of that. And you and me too, Kevin. Too. Look, <laughs> look how far we got with with uh, with the amount of talent we had.
0: Minimal, the, you know, so. minimal <laughs> talent. Uh, did you have a I, chance to watch that Detroit Chicago game, Alan, yesterday? I,
1: I watched about the last, I'd say, fifteen minutes or so. Well what a goal by Patrick mm-hmm. Kane! You know, whatever you want to say about Patrick Kane, uh, and I thought it was a, I thought the. The celebration afterwards where where fans were, were, uh, you know, I mean, they they were obviously paying homage to a great player who helped their team a lot. It was very nice. And and, uh, it's always weird when you see a legend in one uniform come back and play and do well in another city uh and and these are two original six teams very proud teams obviously uh, and I thought it was a really nice it kind of reminded me of when I was a kid when they would, you know, um like when remember Guy LaFleur mm-hmm. when he came back as a New York Ranger or whatever. And um I, I thought it was really good. I was I, I was impressed by the play number one and then the response from the fans.
0: Well how about this, Al, when I was pretty young, probably uh, maybe twelve twelve years old I, I watched Chris Chelios play a lot of games because he played for the Moose Jaw Canucks in the SJHL. Yes, so yes that's, he did. So that's where he got his start, and you think about where times have changed, where kids are going all over the place at young ages. Here's a young kid from Chicago that goes, man, where am I going to play? And think about how it was back then. He ends up oh, in yeah. Moose Jaw, in Moose Jaw. Yeah.
1: Well, and one of the reasons he did that, and one of the reasons Mike Madano played in PA, was they wanted to play in a tougher league, a rougher league, and at that time... Uh, the college game uh, and, and uh, you, you know, I guess USHL, mm-hmm. the American junior leagues were perceived as being less physical. And the SJHL, I know, and you know, mm-hmm. is a very, very physical, tough, intimidating league. And he came up and played well. in Southern did Madonna. And Madonna maybe was a little uh, different example because he was a high skill. And one of the things that he didn't have was, was you know, a rugged style and that he sort of, had to learn it because he went to the PA has always been a really tough team
0: in the, in the mm-hmm. Western League, yeah, they, and, uh, <laughs> they the, had some doozies over the years in PA. Oh, man. Uh, some back,
1: really tough guys playing well, there.
0: Well, yeah, Ken Baumgartner and uh, Mance, Dave Manson, and oh, man, that was those are just two of the guys off the top of my head. And in, the, in the you know mid mid eighties, those guys were just killers. They were, they were
1: murderers. Well, they were, and they were, they were intimidating before the anthem. Like mm-hmm. they were. They were, they were
0: well, they're one of the there. teams. There's several teams that back in the day that would go to the other team's side and take the net for pregame yep. warm up. So the other team didn't have a net for pregame warm up. The Raiders were one of them and no one did anything about it. They couldn't. No. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. Uh, one couple more quick ones tonight. I'll just your your thoughts on tonight's Kings and uh, Oilers tilt at Ed uh, Rogers.
1: I know you'll see a better effort by the Oilers, but LA is coming and they're really good. This is a four-pointer. Um, if you're an Oilers fan, you really want this more than the weekend games. You want this one because Uh, You know, catching Vegas is one thing Keeping LA at bay is another And I think that... uh, I think the owner's going to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. I don't think it matters terribly, but you'd like to have home ice advantage if you could, and that means second place. Keeping Los Angeles in fourth or, or I guess, one of the wild-card spots is ideal. Owners will play it well tonight. It'll be a much better effort. What do you
0: make King's lineup? I mean, Byfield's kind of been, ever since Jimmy Hiller took over, Byfield's kind of moving up and down. He was always kind of penciled in uh, on that top line. Now he's he shifts down to three sometimes, but they've got some depth up the, up on the forward ranks there
1: yeah they do, and they're they're you know byfield is coming and and he's going to be a really good player uh Kopitar went like a dash six the other night, and <laughs> that never happens, so they're they've got you know great experience and great youth marble together. I don't know that they have enough players in their peak. Uh, years to to win a Stanley Cup this year, but they're going to be tough and they'll be good tonight. Watch Byfield; he is he is oh, a, a very fine young player.
0: Yeah, and he's he's built like a like a tight end. Like this guy's that big. He's whatever his weight is in the program, it's not it. I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, and he's got great hands yeah. and moves. Like he's a big man with high skill, and as you know, everybody knows that that's a rare thing. So mm-hmm. he's a rare player.
0: Alan, thanks for this. Uh, well, I guess you're probably getting out right now and starting shoveling. around. why don't you just phone Declan and Don Donovan, the intern, for sure. Get him over there.
1: Well, you know these guys. By the time they you know they got to get a coffee and put their <laughs> mitts on, it'll be <laughs> eleven thirty. I'll I'll just do it myself. You know, yeah. at least it will be done. You know.
0: Yeah, Don, and Don, Donovan, he's like he's he's uh, Charmin soft, isn't he? Like you know. He, he is. I'm glad you pointed that
1: yeah. out. I didn't want to say it out loud, but yeah. I will confirm now that you've said it. Yeah, yeah.
0: very soft. Yeah, you know, I saw him on. Yeah. I saw him on Saturday night, and I got. I'm willing to give him a few life lessons. How's that sound?
1: Put it, you know, <laughs> and, and and needs it right. When yes. you've got hands that soft, there's something wrong.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Alan. Talk soon. Enjoy right. the day, buddy. <laughs> Have a good one.